Hello, hello, hello. Hello, and we return. Hey, so let me ask you this question. Ask me that question. That's question or this question? That's question. (laughs) Um, Were you trying to make a meta friends joke? Was I trying? No. (laughs) Okay, you just were. Which which joke? When you you wrote the title for the last episode. Title for the last episode was... (laughs) I don't remember. It was just you were lazy and you couldn't... He didn't have a didn't have a title in mind. I didn't put one down, and so you just went with the one where we drink beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not a friends joke. <laughs> All of the friends episodes were called the one where. Oh. Well, then all the friends fans out there that listen to the show are going to be ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a shitty title because I didn't have anything. You should ask me. I had time that moment to to get the show out. I didn't make any mistakes this time, so you, <laughs> shitty title is my only mistake. <laughs> it's always something. And I didn't think the title was that shitty, but um, yeah, like I said, I mean, if, if enough people thought of it as a meta friends joke, then no, it's not. But you lucked into that one, pal. <laughs> Everything's been done. True. Um, I have a bunch of stuff to talk about, but um, do you want to? Do you have anything you'd like to bring up? Um, yeah, I got some stuff I can bring up. Uh, we missed last week because I went camping, kind of an impromptu quick getaway. It was fun. Uh, went canoeing, Allie and I went canoeing down the Shenanga River for about eight miles. Shenanga. She had a good time. I had a good time. Then the next day, I or two days later, I drug her out. To canoe you to drugged her? her? Drugged her. <laughs> yes. To, made her paddle a canoe in Pymatuming Lake to go get a geocache on an island. And she uh, she was not amused when we paddled the three miles out. And there was, we, we did this one on the show before. This one, Dave's Beers. Yeah, okay. It's, okay. It smelled good. I was like, hmm. Yeah, this was a, an extra. So I figured it would be a good pre-show beer. Um, you know, we paddled three miles out to this island. And we were unable to locate the geocache. She was... None too amused about having to paddle three miles back in the hot sun. Well, I mean, she would have had to do that regardless of whether you found the geocache or not. Yeah, but she would have been in a better mood, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't. Uh... The, the, the goal, the goal is to have more happy moments than sad moments, right? Not yes. necessarily only have happy moments. Right. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> so she likes canoeing. Which is cool, because I like canoeing. You know, when I was a kid, I did a thing called canoe trails, which was like hardcore, go up to Canada for 10 days, canoe. If the sun's up, you're canoeing. must be hard to find canoe trails. Because, yeah. I mean, they yeah. go away pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, um, but, you know, it's like it's like not lounging time. It's not resort vacation. It's mm-hmm. if the sun's up, you're paddling type mm-hmm. thing. And if the sun's down, you're eating or sleeping, that kind of thing. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun to me at all. No, it's... I mean, there's there's fun baked into that, but it you know it's it's hard to to explain, especially for someone who you don't find joy in any kind of you know outdoor physical you know like not like you've ever said oh rock climbing seems fun or uh, uh, I've tried all these things right, right. Um, no fossil hunting seems like a lot of fun okay. Um, 
outdoor activities. I I, I do like. Yeah, I, I didn't mean you're afraid of the sun. I like do like a game of baseball. Nature. Right. You know, I'll play a game of baseball or softball for sure. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I cast too wide of a net. Yeah. Backpacking probably never sounds fun to you. No. Right. Just going on a hike through the woods. Does that sound fun at all? Not in not when there's a big tick epidemic. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's more the kind of things I meant, even though I accidentally cast too wide of a net. I didn't mean to say you're scared of going outside or, you know, you like sitting in a chair. You know, that's not what I was trying to say. <laughs> um, it came out that way, and I apologize. Uh, no, don't know you to apologize. But she, like, you know, she was talking about, at least on the river, she was talking about how much she liked canoeing. So that was cool because... Um, you, know, say you should try motorboating. <laughs> that's, all, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot more fun. But, you know, she also learned the same thing that I knew is canoeing down a river where the scenery is always changing. Mm-hmm. Seems like you're getting more done than paddling across a really big lake where you're looking at the same thing for mm. 40 minutes. Mm. Um, it seems like, you know, the canoe feels heavier <laughs> when it's like doesn't appear. It's not apparently yeah, moving. Right, right. And uh, up, in, up in canoe trails, you know, like in this part of Quebec, Canada, there's just lakes everywhere they're all connected or you just do a short walk across land and carry the canoe and everything across land to the next one and the times that we got to do like you know doing a whole day down the kippawa river was awesome because the scenery was always changing and then there's other days where you're the whole day you're only in two different lakes and you're paddling across the width of this giant lake and things are like not changing yeah and just it's it's the definition of tedium <laughs> So she learned it's like, that. It's like driving um, up and down I-70. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's just the same scenery over and over and over again. Yep. That's pretty much it. Uh, so, and Pymatuning is a big lake. So, I mean, Allie experienced the, you know, the worst of mm-hmm. of paddling for sure. But it was fun. Uh, what else did we do? Stopped it. Uh, there's a, right by the campsite on the other side of the lake, there's a new brewery. The and um, Were they independent? They are independent. Um, why can't they? Sean, 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 Sean. Sean, Sean? I can't think of Sean's last name. He was the first brewer at North Country. He was the brewer at Valhalla. He's the brewer at Mortal's Key is the name of the brewery. We went there after our paddle on Saturday around 5 o'clock and thought, you know, it's this new brewery, middle of nowhere. We get there and... It's one of these like almost like almost like a farmstead brewery where there's probably seating out and it's next to a winery. They're kind of like probably the same ownership or something and they share the same courtyard. Mm-hmm. Probably seating for close to 200, maybe 250. And every seat was full. Wow. I mean, it was it's kind of the place where like the bike, you know, it wasn't like a biker bar, but, you know, a bunch of the, the yuppie bikers drive there, you know, so they're having all their beers there and uh, just people were just hanging out. So we got a table. And Heather, I ordered, you know, ordered three beers. I ordered two for me and one for Heather because it was a long wait to get your beer. And uh, then she went to go try to get pizza because the winery had pizza and the brewery had barbecue. Kind of just like how they do them now where it's not a kitchen of the brewery, but, you know, a contractor type yes. thing. And uh, the pizza was going to be like an hour and a half. <laughs> for a pizza? <laughs> so backed up. So, you know, we finished our first drinks and left. We came back for lunch on Sunday. And it was Domino's three times. <laughs> <laughs> it was much quieter uh, Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, around one thirty or 2. 
and uh, I got to try all their beers. They uh, they had some pretty good stuff. They had um, an old beer that was it it was on on Saturday and it was kicked when I got there on Sunday. But I was talking with the guy, the server, the bartender guy, and he's like, "I can get you a sample. I was going to drink what's left in the line, but I'll give you a taste of it." <laughs> so it was pretty good. Their IPA was okay. They had a pale ale. It was the last thing I tried. And you know, I, I told the bartender talk about burying the t- burying the lead because I'm like, oh, this is great. This is you know, like really like got a galaxy or something. He's like, it's 100% galaxy. I'm like, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> so I, I think I earned some cred right away. You know, saying you know, hey, your pale ale is galaxy. And then he showed me around a little bit. So that it's cool. It's not like brew gentlemen. It's not like the cellar uh, cellar works cellar. Yeah, so it works up in Sarvino, you know, like these really great breweries. But uh, yeah, give them some time, you know, see what they come up with. But the alt beer was was top notch. The Hefeweizen was real good, a little more banana y than I prefer, but it was still really good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, that's about all for that camping trip. Uh, it, it's weird, you know. Most people, if they do a long camping trip on a normal weekend, they'll do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We did Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Sunday afternoon and Monday was a ghost town at the campsite. You know, mm-hmm. went from being completely, almost completely full to like less than ten percent occupied. Wow. So yeah. I liked I liked Sunday night a lot better than the other nights because <laughs> that campsite I like quieter campsites in sure. you know like Jamestown at Pima Tuning. It's almost like Prince Galitzin out but in Al- near Altoona. It's like living in like a mega plan. Like there's just people everywhere. Like. There's tents behind you or campers, usually campers, campers behind you, campers in front of you, all over. So it was nice when it emptied out. Today I went down to the regatta. I know you got all kinds of, you know, more, probably more technical things to talk about. So let me just go through my my light ones here. I went to the regatta today. They had the Red Bull uh, Flutog, which was the, it's like anything that floats race, but, you know, trying to glide as far before touching the water. And... Almost everything just crashes into the water immediately. You know, it falls at a parabolic curve. It has no lift. Or if it has any lift, it's... <laughs> the problem most of the planes had, gliders had, was they didn't have the balance right. They were too nose-heavy. Every, you know, everything that, like, had practically no lift was because... was Seemed to me because they didn't balance the plane right. Um, it was fun... It's a little slow. It's like, you know, they, the announcers are annoying and, you know, cause it's Red Bull. So the announcers are annoying <laughs> and then they interview while there's, while they're like cleaning up the previous guy out of the lake, out of the river, they're interviewing. And it's not like, I don't think these people told they were going to, told they were going to be interviewed because like they were not ready. Like in like interview after interview, the guys like caught, you know, like unloaded, like it doesn't know what to say. Like, uh, uh. <laughs> lots of, you knows, I imagine. Yeah. And, uh, then they have to do a, they do a 30 second skit. And part of the judging is like style on their skit in their theme, but none of the skits like carry over distance because like everyone's watching from at closest 75 yards away you know and then people much much further away there are people watching from the other side of the river so they're doing this like dance routine or something up on the the runway and like you can't tell what's going on so it was like okay just get this over with we want to watch the crash and you know so then it's like two seconds of crash and then another like 
12 minutes before the next one goes off. So, you know, it was fun, but the kids were, you know, not, we watched probably the first five or six and then we were like, let's go check out the rest of the regatta. Yeah. I saw it as I was driving in and saw the, I guess the uh, Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel. Yep. The the one, the one glider, there was only one that I saw. I have to go, I'd have to check the results, but one I saw went like 110 feet, which is pretty far. The world record's 200. The, the, the Flutog record is 250 feet. Um, so it was one that actually had control glide into the water. It had um, kind of air, I forget what they're called, but canards, I guess is what he called them, almost like the airlines in the front, and he could control them with a lever. Yeah. So he could start, you know, so as he slowed down, he increased the angle of attack to keep the nose up, that kind of thing. And he actually had a controlled descent into the water. It's the only one I saw where it was actually flown. You know, <laughs> so many of them, as soon as they're over the, pre- the lip of the launch, the guy jumps off because you're measured on where the pilot lands. So like uh, if you ride your plane into the abyss, you might get five feet, but if you jump, you might get 20 feet, you know? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so I wanted to read this cause I was brought, it was brought to my attention by a friend at work and I was, um, <laughs> I have it. I, my response I had this. Uh, I want you to open to the page uh, when you get to it because I want to see if your response is the same. Okay. All right. Um, well, I'll tell you when to open it. Not yet. But here, here is it. This is a conspiracy theory that oh. was online. Okay. Sounds legit. Um, <clears throat> the song "TikTok" as performed by Kesha was written by a guy named Benny Blanco. His lyrics include the line, "We kick them to the curb unless they look like Mick Jagger." Well, that's strange, right? Mick Jagger wasn't exactly at the height of his attractiveness when the piece in question came out. Stranger Still wasn't the only popular song to paint the man in a pleasant light. Moves Like Jagger, performed by Maroon 5, was released around the same time, and Benny Blanco also had a hand in writing that one. This is where things start to get creepy. I'm reading verbatim from here. The song The Time, Dirty Bit, as performed by Black Eyes Peas, featured the following phrase, All these girls, they like my swagger, they calling me Mick Jagger, I'd be, like, I'd be rolling like a stone. It was written by John DeNicola, who used to produce the music for a band called Kara's Flowers, although you might know them better by their current name of Maroon 5. <sighs> the song Heart and Soul, as performed by the Jonas Brothers, contains a, verge, a, a verse that ends with, Making mistakes, but that won't matter, you can swag like old Mick Jagger. Antonio Armato wrote the piece, and she managed, and she's managed by Downtown Music Publishing. Care to guess who else they manage? Here's a hint: it rhymes with balloon hive. The web of connections extends all throughout the music industry, but one thing remains unclear: what's the link back to Mick Jagger himself? There must be something, because if you look at the Google trends, you see that his popularity spiked with the release of each song. The only time in recent memory when it has been higher was during a period in March 2014 when his girlfriend died. Some people have suggested the man's name is just easy to rhyme with swagger, but popular usage of the word in reference to something other than a waking gate, uh, a walking gate, came about after the aforementioned songs hit the airwaves. In other words, Jagger prompted swagger, not the other way around. Why does this seem to be a cabal of artists trying to artificially inflate a performer's appeal and popularity? What benefit is there in producing in promoting an aging rock star? Who is actually behind this odd trend? In order to answer these questions, you need to turn to Vivendi. This is a company which owns a lot of stuff, including Daily Motion, Ubisoft, Gameloft, and the Universal Music Group. 
The Rolling Stones signed Universal Music in 2008. In 2010, all the songs listed above were released. <laughs> Look at the Google Trends again. 2008 marked Mick Jagger's lowest ever dip in popularity, and the slump continued until February 2010, right after TikTok became the most popular song on the radio. In September of that same year, the Rolling Stones released their rare concert movie, securing the number one spot on four different countries' charts, the U.S. and U.K. being two of them, second place on four more, and a double platinum certification in Canada. Strangely enough, though, the only other place besides the United States where platinum status was achieved was in France, which is where Vivendi is located. What if all this was carefully planned and executed? What if there's a shadowy organization that's intent on promoting Mick Jagger for their own profit? What if I made all this up on a whim and just found whatever tenuous evidence I could to support it? TLDR, Mick Jagger is a puppet of the recording industry. That is it. That's it? Okay. What do you think of that? Are all the facts factual? As far as I know, yes. Okay. My... Uh, so my first opinion is that I could definitely see after moves like Jagger being such a mega hit that more songwriters are going to incorporate similar rhyme into their things, even if it's subconscious, you know, it's added to the vocabulary, mm-hmm. just like when we're tasting beers, right? Sure. Yeah, that, so that's, that's, that's my first inclination. So what should open this to the page I have? Should uh, I go into my second inclination before I read this? Sure, yeah, sure. Second inclination is, yes, the recording industry is cross-promoting this to gain more revenues throughout across the board. <laughs> Open to my page. <laughs> most low-stakes conspiracy theory ever. That was my response. <laughs> the most low-stakes conspiracy theory ever. Because like, a conspiracy theory should shatter my fucking world if I hear it, right? <laughs> But like for me to believe that Mick J- like Vivendi is trying to prepare- good for them <laughs> yeah it's like, why is that a conspiracy theory that's exactly it's like I own the patent on yeah. blue and now I'm trying to pump blue sales you know <laughs> yeah the, that makes like it it does not challenge my worldview in the least for any of that to be true <laughs> yeah zero yeah, stakes I mean I'm with you I'm with you I just <laughs> I was trying to. It was so funny when the guy at work, when, when Mike was like, you got to hear this conspiracy theory, and I'm listening to it. Well, maybe I didn't have the right setup, yeah. right? Because, you know, me, I'm like, okay, I'm in a world where this conspiracy theory exists. Let me analyze uh-huh. it. You know, I, I didn't really, you know. But no one sold it to me that it was like, oh, my God, the Illuminati <laughs> is plugging Mick Jagger. It was like, I was like, I was waiting for the conspiracy to start, right? And I was like, okay, so the bunch of these bands are Where's the scandal? Right? Where, where's the scandal? Right? Where, where's the Where's the thing that's going to challenge the perceptions of how I look, how I view the world? Like, there's something, you know, there, there's something off that I've been lied to completely. I was like, no, it's <laughs> promoting other people's music on the same label. <laughs> Super low. Standard. I mean, I, I'd be curious to know whether this is intentional whether there is this like nostalgic kitsch of the rolling stones and maybe maybe so i'm not a stones fan I mean, it'd be interesting I, I'm it's not sort a, of a pop culture question but like i'm as, not a stones fan so i'm gonna say this and it's probably gonna catch some hate if anyone's listening and that is you know maybe the idea of the rolling stones is better or more romantic than the rolling stones <laughs> you know because i'm not, yeah yeah no i buy that i, I, I don't i don't think the rolling stones are like amazing Especially there, these days. Well, yeah, but there are songs from them that I like. But you can say that about most. I mean, there's songs from the Beatles I like. Mm-hmm. 
but of course, I, I, I do think the Beatles are more interesting musically than the Rolling Stones, of course. Intellectually, I totally understand the Beatles, particularly the you know the way that they evolved in four years completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that deserves a lot of praise. Doesn't mean I have to like their music because they're older stuff there, but there are songs in them that I like. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this was an interesting question I saw on, on Ask Science, which was, "Why does Pi go on forever?" Which we've talked a little bit about, but this answer was a better answer than I've ever heard. Okay. Uh, why does Pi go on forever? Because Pi is not special as a number. Oh, okay. When you think about it, almost all numbers are transcendental and go on forever. We have very particular numbers that we pick one, two, three, four, five. They're not right. That are very, very special. But numbers. there's an infinite number of numbers between mm-hmm. those numbers, and a high proportion of those go on forever. Right. So pi just happens to be one of those. And I mean, and just for the listeners, think about it. Right. So you have one point five, then you have one point five five, mm-hmm. then you have one point five five five. Well, just keep adding one, right? Keep adding, you go, go a little bit more uh, precise. And then you can imagine, well, sure, between one point, uh, what's the notation I want to use? But, you know, a million fives and a million fives and a six, or one, a million fives minus one and a six, in that space in between, you have an infinite number of mm-hmm. numbers. Mm-hmm. And like I said, a lot of those, most of those, Almost all of Almost those. Almost all of those. When you start talking about yeah. infi- uh, um, infiniteness, uh, infinity, then you can say almost all of those numbers go on forever. Yeah. Just like pi. Yeah. So that's the interesting. So, I mean, that's, I don't know if that's a fair answer, though, because most of those numbers aren't calculating. Well, uh, there's more There's uh, more to the oh, answer. Okay. That was the first line. I see. But... Um, like I could read directly the whole thing. But okay. it's, no, no. If there was more, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't necessarily need it. I just thought yeah. if someone thought they were like mic drop with it, like that yeah. <laughs> description. No, no. I mean, you know, the decimal expansion of most numbers yeah. is the property that any finite sequence of digits appear, appears infinitely many times in the expansion. I mean, it, it goes on mm-hmm. to it. So, but right. but well, that, that's a cool way to think about it. But I mean, what it comes down to is you can all the circle, the the degrees of change in the circle is infinite as well. And mm-hmm. the pi, as you go deeper in pi, it's just looking at a smaller and smaller, more precise right. segment of that circle. Yeah, and, and, and the real sort of, the the uh, meta point, if you will, is that the stuff that we define as simply, you know, one, two, three, et cetera, these are very special numbers. We're not treating them as special because we use them all the time. But in terms of number theory, mm-hmm. these, you know, unit numbers are very, very special. And uh, there are still an infinite number of them, but there's a much smaller cardinality of infinities of those numbers than there are any other, mm-hmm. the, you right. know, the set of uh, real numbers, for example. And pi is is once you once you set up this the axioms of math as we have pi falls out of it, but only those axioms that we do the axioms of how we define a circle, a unit circle, and all that other stuff that that's where pi comes from. But it's not like it's not a special number in and of itself. Which I thought it was cool. It's a cool mm-hmm. answer. I love, uh, like I said, I always go to these things and um, sometimes I answer questions, but a lot of times I just you know look at answers and just mm-hmm. find cool, interesting things that, that I learn. Um, 
Oh, this is awesome. This was in uh, the What Is This Thing um, subreddit. And this is the picture and the, the headline. Okay, so we have the headline is Her relative found these eggs in her yard in Georgia hanging from a tree. And there's a guy on a mower. Okay. Okay, so the eggs were uh they look like um look like clutches of something that spins a web or silk or something and then big egg balls, so a spider, caterpillar. It does sort of but but they're very big. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're Kind of looks like potatoes and pantyhose in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, they, they said uh, further in that they cracked one of the eggs open and it wasn't developed enough to get any idea what it was. Somebody in four minutes put up an answer, okay. but the answer was fucking crazy. Okay. So the answer is, <clears throat> I'm betting a bird of prey caught itself a pregnant snake and it started tearing into it, but flew off with the rest of the snake and its uterine tube. Fell out due to the weight of the eggs. <laughs> okay. there's, the, there's the uterine tube because in a snake, <laughs> and it was like, wow, that's the kind that shit happens, <laughs> <laughs> and it gets snagged on a branch yeah, in the yard. <laughs> yeah, and somebody asks, "Oh, well, what are the chances of that happening?" And it's like, well, it happens at least once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in Georgia, it happened at least once. Yeah, so it's like that. That's that's a it's like, and you can see that they've desiccated a bit. Kind of, obviously, they were closed yeah, in, but you yeah. know, it's been some time. Mm-hmm. But like, that makes perfect sense. It, it, everything is justified. So, isn't that crazy? That it doesn't have to be a bird of prey. It could have been. It could have been put there by a human. You know, there's it, but it could have been right. But if you just go for for a uh, natural, non-intelligent, yeah, yeah I, I think the, I think you know. Aside from human intervention, I think the bird of prey is probably the best uh, animal yeah. explanation. The most, you know, that. Occam's razor, most reasonable one doesn't take that takes the least amount of assumptions. So, because it's, it, you know, when, once you see a uterine tube and you figure out, yeah, that's exactly what it is, and yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty wild. Like, yeah, in like four minutes, I was like, oh yeah, I know what happened there. <laughs> That's why that's where the sort of crowdsourcing of the internet can can be handy when when you have questions like that. Mm-hmm. Um when it when it becomes a big a movement that's when it's not great, but when you could just, you know, crowdsource for individual people's answers for things, that that's when I think the internet is very powerful. Yeah. Let's see. Um That was fun, but I don't know how important that is. I haven't done too much that that uh, this week uh, weeks, so I don't really have much to talk about there. Uh, oh, Wet Hot American Summer! I watched about half of it last night. It it took its time. Like the first two episodes, I was like, it doesn't feel right, but then. The mm-hmm. goofy shit starts to, you yeah. know, it, it's it really starts to build. <laughs> I like the the one line, my far, probably my favorite line so far, and just the meta joke in it is that when Cooper was talking to uh, what's her name and like let's talk like episode episode four, four. yeah, 
<laughs> That's probably my favorite part so far. <laughs> um, let's see. Darth Vader actor joins cast of Han Solo movie. Oh, this is going to be great. Um, there's the Brooklyn brewery shit that's been going on. We can talk about all the brewery shit in the main show. Uh, Pickle Rick is tomorrow. What's that? Pickle Rick. Oh, okay. Did you see the video that I posted? I didn't see the... I mean, I didn't watch that yet. I, I did see the last Rick and Morty. Watch that, so... Pickle Rick. On the next Rick and Morty. Turn myself into a Pickle Morty! I'm just trying to figure out why you would do this. Why anyone would do this. The reason anyone would do this, if they could, which they can't, would be because they could, which they can't. Is this the first part of some kind of magic trick? I don't do magic, Morty. I do science. One takes brains, the other takes dark eyeliner. Catch a new episode of Rick and Morty (laughs) Sunday at 11.30. Do pickles live forever or Morty, stop digging for hidden layers and just be impressed that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty good the idea of building a plot around the stupidest fucking concept you can think of and that's what the show's gonna be about well at least the a plot is gonna be about yeah Rick turns himself into a pickle Okay, can't wait to see that. I think yeah, there's another episode where another the um, trailer where they where they have the it's like, it's like a little bit more. Turn myself into a pickle, Morty. Boom! Big reveal. I'm a pickle. What do you think about that? I turned myself into a pickle. I'm pickle Rick. <laughs> <laughs> the um. I know you don't watch At Midnight and they're just, Oh, I, I they, watched the last episode, yeah. Did you watch the second to last with Har- Harmon on it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to tell you that they had the three guys three guys from... Uh... Brandon Johnson won this time. Although Tom Kenny isn't really on. <laughs> no. He's, he's barely on. He's, he plays like... I think he plays Squanchy. Oh, okay. <laughs> you mind if I Squanch in here? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the, the final, the finale yet, but... Uh... Um, well, I got lots of notes to notes, notes, <laughs> lots of notes to note. I like it. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All that good stuff. <laughs> well, it has to come up in the right context, right? So I can't mm-hmm. just you know right. pull push it out because it doesn't. Um, What was that? A dog. Oh, outside. Yeah, okay. So you told me not to be a grandpa. Yes. So I was looking at... There's a brewery near work that's been opening forever. War Street's Brewery. And there's some... I think they're finding a new location. I'm not going to get into too much detail. I guess it's still hush-hush. But I went to their Twitter page. You know, the big wallpaper thing they have behind it they have this artwork of war street's brewery and they have the silhouette of the two owner brewer people 
and you know the silhouette is prominently displaying their man buns. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a problem with a dude wearing a man bun. I just thought it was a very weird decision that like the identity of your brewery is you know back to back man buns. You can admit if you have a problem. I don't have a problem with people wearing man buns. Not my style decision I would make. Uh, it's just the choice of making that the identity of your brewery is the thing that I have. Like, well, well, the, it started because how did it go? Where was it in the general? No, it wasn't. It was in four thirty-two. Yeah, yeah. I just said uh, man bun brewing company. What WTF? I think is what I said, right? And oh yeah, said, okay. You yeah. said don't be old. Yeah, Man Bun Brewing Company. What the fuck is it? Because I said dot 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 millennials. Yeah, it's like it reminds me of the clown shoes incident. <laughs> yeah, where it's like, come on, man, don't don't. No, it's don't, exactly uh, like that. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a, no, it's exactly the same thing. I don't, but also, I'm not judging their beer. I still think that clown shoes is a goofy theme for your brewery. And I think, you know, for War Street's Brewing, you get all this, you know, neighborhood, because the, the, it's named after the Mexican War Street. It's a neighborhood in Pittsburgh where all the streets are named after uh, cities, in, you know, like Buena Vista and Palo Alto and things like that. And um, I don't know, just, you know, loving your man bun so much to put it on, you know, like that is just, I don't know. I'm old. I'm cranky. I'm 40. Uh, you, you mentioned to me, after I do all the escape rooms, to go to the axe-throwing competition. <laughs> Just another, you know, escape rooms are popping up all over the place. Uh-huh. It's, you know, a pretty hip thing to do. I won't call it a hipster thing, but it's a hip thing to do. And, yeah, the axe-throwing thing in Millville's a little more on the hipster side of the line. But uh, <laughs> it's still a, 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 a new and novel, unusual this is why we had two shows in the can, and <laughs> I wasn't. You told me to stop. Like you, you made it I sound said, like I said, because it, it had been at least a week since since the show went out, and I said, "What the fuck? Where's four? After you posted that to me, you said after all the escape room, do this axe and shit. I said, "Where's four uh, I put an image in there with the image I put. Uh, oh well, we're waiting from uh, mm-hmm. yeah. from Caddyshack and. Then I also said, um, don't tell me you have more important to do if you're looking <laughs> into axe-throwing leagues. So that's a, that's a good joke. I like the joke. In reality, someone sent it to me. Mm-hmm. I looked at it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I sent it on to you. So I wasn't like researching the best axe-throwing league. But it was a good joke. <laughs> I give you the joke. Uh, what else? Um... Well, uh, Tony Kip- Tony Nippling died. Yeah, I'll talk about that in the Okay. And I made a bet with Damien on... Um... Oh, two things. So I saw... I made a bet with Damien on, on, on the iPhone that uh, the new iPhone won't have Touch ID because they haven't figured out how to get Touch ID under the screen. He thinks that they have figured it out. That would be crazy if they... Pull it off yeah. the phone. So, if I lose, I'm gonna have to buy ten dollars worth of Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, <So. laughs> and which made me like think, like, man, if I would have just bought 
one Bitcoin four years ago, I could have I then my ability to shit talk it would be complete because I would I could not only shit talk but say I have it so I so you can't be like oh you're just shit talking because you don't have it I'd be mm-hmm. like yeah I fucking have it and I shit talk it so I should have done that just being like yeah I'm buying into it just to show you how much I think it's stupid <laughs> I'll show you I'll put my entire retirement well, in I'm, I'm, no the point was not to put my entire <laughs> I know, retirement I know, I know. but. Um, but anyway, I I didn't ask him though. But did Bitcoin like split this week into two bitcoins? I don't know. Yeah, there's something like that. So it, it's 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 a fucking mess because of course it is because it's Bitcoin. It's always a mess. Yes, I know they're worth what two thousand dollars in in drug money today, but it still is not. Oh. I, I've said before, if it reaches a million dollars a bitcoin, it's still fucking stupid and silly. Uh, it's weird that they split it. I mean, I guess just to make the decimals easier to account for, you know, like the the numbers aren't so fractional. No, it, it doesn't make sense. It, the reason they split it is because of, uh, I guess, I, I know this was happening like two years ago where there's complaints about Bitcoin transaction time and and the the amount of because it was only spent meant for one megabyte blocks, and they wanted to some people want to keep that small, and some people want to expand the size. Okay. I don't know what's. So they had to split it to facilitate that. They had this. Well, some some people who like Bitcoin wanted to stay one way. Some people who like Bitcoin wanted to stay another way. And so now there are two different competing Bitcoins. So now you have. So you got some of each. Is that how? If you have bit, if you had Bitcoin, you now have some value in each. Huh. Okay. I thought you meant it like a stock split. No. This is like a fork. In it's a fork. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Which, which can not happen with fucking crypto conspiracies. So yeah, I heard about the I don't remember all the, enough of the details, but I heard about you know the competing camps and the yeah, I don't remember enough details to talk about it though because I don't care too much about Bitcoin yeah. anymore. So, uh, and I told him that his so his thing was he's gonna have to eat a bug. Any, any bug? Yeah, any bug. You know, oh. insect. I said, I'll just eat a lobster. I said, no, no, insect. <laughs> and, you know, I said, he, you can pick it. You can make it. It doesn't have to be live and prepared, but you got to commit. So. And that's. It, it, it's that's, nothing to me, right? Right. Just I like mean, it's nothing for him to buy Bitcoin. If it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. Unless you're super queasy. I mean. He only wanted. I should also point out. It was buy $10 worth of Bitcoin. It's not. So it's a yeah. low stakes. Yeah. Bet. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, get some chocolate covered ants. and. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing there. You well, know? it's a ten dollar bet. I mean, yeah. that's all. Yeah, point. but I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't talked. To, I've never talked to Damien about bugs much or how adverse he is to eating insects. But you know, I wouldn't have done it if I knew he would be so disgusted with it that he threw up. But it was more like he just doesn't want to necessarily do it. But I, you know, he'll put it together. But I think he will because I don't. I don't think this new iPhone will have. To, they're promoting this Face ID shit, so I think that. Oh, that's right. They are going that way. Yeah, that's gonna be so annoying. But the phone's also going to be like crazy expensive. You know, I'm ready for yeah. a new phone. Yeah. Well, I did clarify that if there is a chance they may have figured it out, but only on like they'll, they'll release a gold like they did with the, with the watch. Mm-hmm. They said like ten thousand dollar phone that has it, and no, none of the other one. They said if that's the case, then then it, then the bet isn't one. It has to be on their consumer level. There's so many times I I don't know I don't want to have to hold my phone up so the camera can see my face to unlock it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll be good with usability, but supposed so, so supposedly the stuff that's coming out is that it's very fast and and 
because they had to get rid of Touch ID, they had to really work on it and make it work well. So it's supposed to be very fast and work in low light conditions because it's infrared and work better than other things. You can't just hold a camera up to it because it's 3D. Mm-hmm. You better hope that you don't like get a major cut or lose a lot of weight or something. You can retrain it. <laughs> or gain weight. Um, we Yesterday we watched John Wick 2. I don't know if you've seen either of the John Wicks. The no. first John Wick was a a decent enough action movie with uh, some some nice scenes and a very, very simple story. This one was better. Uh, same kind of good action scenes, but um, it was really well structured. And the we kept you know predicting things that were happened would happen plot wise and being surprised by directions they would go and the other thing that really appreciated about it is when when Damien and I you know do this we have these meeting these movie nights we we talk to each other about the movie we we will we'll either shit on the movie or, mm-hmm. or whatever we'll always ask questions like why is this, wait a minute why is this going on like for an example in the very in the very beginning of the movie there's a big car chase, and he, he he gets his car back. John Wick is essentially a superhero, badass who can he's he's invulnerable. He's a Terminator like guy, but um, he wants his car back. And to get his car back, he gives his whole shit, and his car becomes like totally smashed and crushed. But he got it back, right? But you're like thinking like, okay, well you did all that to get your car back, but your car is fucked up. And we were asking ourselves like, <laughs> you got your car back, but what's the big deal? And then the very next scene. He's talking to a car guy about it. Every time we had these questions, they would answer them in the very next scene. Mm-hmm. And that was that was like it was so good to see that because the screenwriter was was recognizing that we would have these mm-hmm. like wait a minute, why would that be? And then it was justified. So mm-hmm. it was like, Oh, okay. Gotcha. I I really, really appreciated that. So it was it was cool watching that movie to be both um Enjoy it. Think it was structured well. Understand, you know, because the thing about understanding movie structures and you know story structure is not that you necessarily can predict every movie, but you you know the patterns that movie you're going to follow, and you can you can then look deeper as you're watching through. And but you know you we have predictions about how things were going, and most you know the the minor ones were true, the major ones were not, and that was really cool. I just watched on Netflix. Uh... Ozark, Jason Bateman. Okay. And uh, so the plot is that, and this is no spoilers because this happens the first like first scene. He is in Chicago. He's a money guy, and he's uh, laundering money for the cartel. And his partner got caught skimming from the cartel. So like, the cartel kills his partner and his wife and his dad, the partner's dad, and um, ready to kill him. They let him live because he's such a good money man. But he had to leave Chicago, and so he picked up on this half-baked plan that his dead, now-dead partner told him, like, that the Ozarks in Missouri have more coastline than California or something, and it's a resort, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. So he goes, has to move down there, and, like, he has, like, till the end of summer to, you know, clean $8 million to save his life. But, you know, bad shit happens right away. And it just keeps getting piled on and on and on. Like, 
I guess you could kind of say the end of the season was a happy ending, but not really. <laughs> I mean, they didn't, you know, the whole family didn't get killed. Is it really good summer entertainment? Do you want to be miserable? <laughs> it, it's fun. It's a fun watch. Uh, I, I'm hesitating whether I think you, I think there's, I'd say I'd give you a 65% chance that you'd like it, but. Mm, I don't like those odds. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you might, but it's not quite, you know, not quite Fargo, but it's almost. I don't know. I, I don't know whether I'd give it to you. I'd, get, I'd recommend it to a lot of people, but I'm not sure I'd recommend it to you. I enjoyed it, and, like, they kept surprising you with new bad shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> after a while, you used to, like, oh, okay, he's starting to pull out of the nosedive. Oh, no, here it comes. Yeah, I don't know if I want to see another one of those just um, <laughs> shit. Constantly, shit keeps happening to people. That's why there's I'm, there's pretty good care. I like the characters in. It. I mean, you like character driven drama. I, I mean, do. I think I think that there's the characters are good. I, I and it may be something that I, that I will look into eventually. But right now, I don't think my headspace mm-hmm. is in the space yeah. for that kind of story. That's no, if if I go from the character angle, I'm much more likely to recommend it to you. Actually, I think that there's a lot of good characters with a lot of depth to them. Okay. That's that does sound more interesting, uh, but like Wet Hot American Summer to me is is like right in my jam right now because it's like yes I want to see a just goofy mm-hmm. nonsense. They're only half an hour. Like like I said, I went through half the yeah. season last night like, yeah. without even trying. Uh, so you saw the return of Mitch, the the mm-hmm. kid of vegetables, and he's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> They don't have to stick to uh, believability too no, much in the no. summer. No. Um, uh, that's, uh, let's get on with the show, I think. Sounds and, like a plan. And we'll, um, we'll fill in more stuff as we go on. I will say this. Uh, I saw this week's Game of Thrones because it was released early. Or no, not, you know, leaked. Leaked. Uh, it, here's a low-stakes conspiracy theory. That whole HBO thing... This was such a fucking good episode. It wouldn't like rock my world if they like faked the leak just to get more more people excited about this episode. Because okay. you know, because they know most people aren't going to watch the leak. But the people who are watching the leak, I don't know anybody who's watched the leak. Even the people like who fucking hate who you know or hate watching the show. Everyone says, "Fuck, that was a really good episode." You know, I've never been a huge Cersei fan, but that scene in the last episode in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! That's yeah. so good. I've never liked Cersei, but now I love her. I just oh, there, there's an embracement of the sort of schlocky aspects of the show uh, without without um, without sacrificing the rest of what makes the show good. That, that that I appreciate. You know, they're 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 starting to accelerate the story and then just sort of let the characters that they've established be be as whatever they are mm-hmm. as they need to be uh at the same time dramatically lo- limiting the cast by doing that so it, it's a it's like a fun way to be okay now i gotta start removing all these characters from the sprawling story uh we're doing the most fun way how to get rid of the iron islands yeah. easy <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah it's it, it's it's pretty clear now that the books are not going to be super similar to what's happening in this show. The show is, is I think taking like very uh, taking points on an outline and uh and really bolding them whereas 
I bet the books, if they ever get there, will get to them in a more circuitous route. Uh, but it's 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 fun, and there, if they... there, there's nothing in this next episode that airs Sunday that people will dislike. I think, and there is something for everybody in it. Ed Sheehan? Who? Ed, everyone was bitching at uh, the yeah, premiere. There, there, no, no, there's none of that. There's none of that. <laughs> but it's, it's basically a bunch of scenes you want to see. It's like they, they made an episode full of a bunch of scenes you want to see. The Hound? Is the Hound in it? I'm not going to tell you anything about what's oh. in there. Just... Yeah. The Hound? Hound? What about him? Is he in the episode? I told you, I could tell you. Oh, I gotta wait a whole day. Yes, son of a bitch. You son of a bitch.